you in 2018. Say it after me. God has a planned increase for me in 2018. Say increase. God's going to increase me in 2018. Look at somebody on your left or right. Choose one. <clears throat> you can't always go with the prettier one. You know, sometimes you've got you to go with left or right. Say, God's going to increase you in 2018. See, but releasing and walking in your increase is going to be determined by two things. Priorities and proximity. I don't want to spend another year living beneath God's best for me. How about you? Say it, Pastor. I refuse. I'm with you. I'm not going to live another year. In fact, I'm not going to go another month, not even another week, living below or beneath God's best for me. All right, let's go to our text. It's found in Genesis chapter 28, and we're going to be reading the entire chapter. Genesis chapter 28. Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him, you must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Make note of that. Arise, go to Padaran, go to Padanaram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. Now watch this. Here comes the blessing. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you. We call that the threefold blessing. That you may become a company of peoples. That you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. Thus, Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Padanaram, to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Armenian, or not Armenian, the, but the, Ar, Ar, I think it's a Aramian. It's, it's the people over there. The brother of Rebekah, Jacob, and Esau's mother. See, verse 3 promises a blessing. We're going to be fruitful, multiply, and walk in blessing. You might say, well, that's Old Testament. That was just promised to Jacob at this time by his father Isaac. Well, well stop. Because in verse 4 he says, I want you to walk in and receive Abraham's blessing. See, now we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Why is the blessing important? Why is having the blessing important? Because God wants to build a company of people. Jesus said it this way, I will build my church. 
God wants you so blessed that your blessings spill over into the life of other people and they will come to know and follow God. God's after a company of people and his primary way of doing it is blessing you. God blesses you so that others will take notice. Don't you ever shy away from the blessing, the increase, the multiplication of God. God blesses me so that others will be attracted to it. Put your hand on your chest. Say it. God blesses me so that others will take notice and turn to him. That's what he said to Jacob here. I want you blessed. I want you walking in being fruitful and multiply so that there might be a company of people, so that you might become a whole company of people. Verse 4, may he give the blessing of Abraham to you. There are seven areas of blessing that Abraham walked in. Number one, God endued him with power for an abundant life. Number two, God endued him with power for an effective life. Number three, because of being reconciled to the Father, he had righteousness. He didn't have to chase it, didn't have to earn it. It was imputed to him, the Bible says. Number four, God endued him with power for success. Number five, God endued him with power for prosperity. Number six, he endued him for the power, with power for productivity. And number seven, he endued Abraham with the power for longevity. All right, we're going to go through that again. I want you to say it after me. Power for abundant life. Power for effective life. Righteousness. Success, prosperity, productivity, longevity, all of those, say it, all of those are mine. I'm blessed with faithful Abraham. The blessing of Abraham is yours. I don't know about you, but those seven areas right there would just about take care of everything I need every day. Everything I need in my week. Everything I've been praying for the past month somehow is touched by one of those seven areas. And then notice in the last part of verse 4, he repeats really the promise of why he wants us walking in blessing. He says, and to your offspring with you that you might take possession of the land. I like that. How many of you feel like you've been walking in everything God has for you? Sound effects. That's great. Who did that? Was that Rick or Dusty? Okay. Love that. Love that. Love that. Yeah. I haven't either. But 2018 is a new year. 2018 is a new start. We have a new opportunity to never again, to make a choice this morning, to never again let a year go by where we live beneath 
the Abrahamic blessing that God has determined for our lives. Success, prosperity, righteousness, abundance, power, prosperity, longevity. I love that. Verse 6 of our text. Now Esau, watch this, saw, everybody say saw, that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him to Badan Aram to take a wife from there, and that he had blessed him and directed him, or directed him in his blessing. You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women, verse 7. And that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and gone to Padan Aram. So when Esau saw that the Canaanite women did not please his father, Esau went to Ishmael and took as his wife, besides the wives he already had, Mahalah, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Neboth. Now this is very interesting from a couple of standpoints. First of all, it tells us that Esau saw. He saw. He wasn't in personal conversation with his father. He saw what was going on in somebody else's life. Have you ever looked at somebody else's life and made a decision about what God wants for you? Have you ever seen what's going on in somebody else's life and decided, well, I want that too, so I'll just... There's a problem with that. The problem with that is this. When you imitate the blessing on somebody else's life, instead of, instead of getting in God's presence for yourself and hearing from God for yourself, it will turn into an Ishmael. And here's the problem with that. You'll remember that Ishmael was not a God choice. It was a flesh choice, right? Ishmael was a decision of the flesh. And so Esau... When he saw the instruction, when he heard the instruction and saw that Jacob was going to be walking in the Abrahamic blessing and getting a wife, he decided, even though he already had a number of wives, that he wanted another wife. But he went down to Ishmael's house and took for himself a wife. Ishmael stands for that do-it-yourself religion. I'll help God out. You remember Abraham? Abraham had received a promise that he was going to have a child in his old age. But years went by, and it wasn't happening. And so Sarah, his wife, came to him and said, Well, why don't you go into my handmaiden? Sleep with her and have a child. Maybe that's how God is going to do it. You see... When you're always looking at somebody else's blessing in spend, instead of spending time with God for yourself, you'll get the idea that God wants you <laughs> to imitate what they're doing instead of getting alone in his presence for you. And what always happens with that is it turns into that do-it-yourself religion. I'll help God out. You so, see, there's a different, great deal of difference between religion and revelation. Religion is knowledge about God, but revelation is relationship with God. Religion acts on an impulse 
of knowledge of what I want. Revelation gets alone with the Holy Spirit and gets a revelation of what Christ has already done and acts on that. If your identity comes from your physical birth and you continually view your life according to what you see or your eyes of the flesh, your Ishmael, you will live a life of spiritual compromise and bondage to religious ideas about God. Jacob, on the other hand, chose to live in revelation, putting his trust in the blessing. I don't know about you, but I don't know why anybody, if you've already got several wives, would want another one. I'm kind of frozen over here. I don't want to turn around and see the faces. I don't want to see the faces in response to what I just said. Now, let me redeem myself, because in the New Covenant, Paul said there is neither male nor female. So I don't know why any woman already having several husbands would want another one. But you know, your flesh can come up with some great ideas in the moment. I need this. I want this. So-and-so has this. God must want this for me. Now, there's nothing wrong with viewing somebody's life of honor and saying, wow, thank God. God does great things in the life of his kids. I know God will do it for me too. I'm talking about this. You know, taking a wife is a pretty specific deal. I mean, that's going to affect your life for the rest of your life. You better know that you know that you know that's the direction God wants you to go in. So when Esau saw that the Canaanite women didn't please his father, he didn't go to his father. He didn't sit down and spend time with his father and start praying and worshiping and saying, you know, I've got several wives. I don't need another. But Lord or Father, what's really important to me is just to be in the blessing, to not do things in my flesh, to walk in the blessing. To walk in the Abrahamic covenant and blessing, not do things by my flesh, not, not, not try to produce something. How many of you have found yourself guilty of trying to make something happen because of a blessing you saw in somebody else's life and it doesn't turn out to be that same blessing? Do you know God has so much blessing for you in 2018? He just wants to be with you. He wants to hang with you. He wants you to get into his presence and spend time learning from him just the particulars of how he wants to bless you. And that's what Jacob did. He chose to live in revelation, putting his trust in the blessing of God, not in the fruit of a decision. If your identity comes from the new birth and a relationship with the Trinity, then you will view your life according to the supernatural realm, things you cannot see, and you will live by revelation through intimacy with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Living the blessed life is a result of declaring who you are in Christ and resting in the already finished provision of the cross. Let me show you something about the Abrahamic blessing. 
Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse 7. Would you go there with me? Galatians chapter 3. Know then that it is those, I'm starting in verse 7, Galatians chapter 3. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely, watch this, for all who rely on works of the law, or we could say works of flesh, are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law to do them. Now it is evident that no one's justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith, for the law is not of faith, rather the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. As it is written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree. So that in Christ, the ble- watch this, so that in Christ, the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Let's stop there, Jeff. So I want to ask you something. Is your priority this morning on your birthright or is it on obtaining a blessing that you see in somebody else's life? You need to think about that. You need to be careful who you marry. That's a good word for those of you that aren't married yet and for those of you that are already married and you're working on it. But what God wants to tell us is you need to be careful what priorities you set. Esau so lived in the flesh rather than in the blessing of the Holy Spirit, rather than in the blessing of his father and intimacy with the father, that there's a very interesting passage about Esau's attitude towards his birthright in Genesis. And it happens before our text. Let's look at it real quick. Jeff's going to put it on the screen for us. Genesis chapter 25. I'll begin reading in verse 29. Once, when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was exhausted. Hold it, Jeff. Pull it down. Stop. Hey, guys, it's not wrong to be in the kitchen. (laughs) The The kitchen is not woman's work. Okay. (laughs) Once when Jacob was cooking stew, follow me, Jeff, okay? Work with me, because I'm going to be doing that a lot. We're going to be pausing and breaking, and I don't want you to leave stuff up. Once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Therefore, his name was called Edom. Jacob said, sell me your birthright right now. And Esau said, 
I'm about to die. Of what use is this birthright to me? Stop, Jeff. Oh, my goodness. Esau was so given to the things of the flesh that he didn't even discern his birthright. And one day after being out in the field hunting, he was so exhausted and so hungry. Any of you ever been there? So exhausted, so hungry. The circumstances of life have your back against the wall. And you are so exhausted and you are so hungry. Now you have a choice to make. Remember, your priorities will determine what blessing you walk in in 2018. You have the same choice to make that Esau had to make. Esau could have honored his birthright. My goodness, I'm a child of a very rich man. I'm a child of a landowner. I'm a child of a man who walks in the Abrahamic covenant. I'm a child of a man who has everything I could need. I'm going to go just sit with him for a while. Love him, take care of him, bless him, worship him, and just see what he says. But instead, he took his birthright and said, What good is this? And he sold it. Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him, and he sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and he drank, and he rose and he went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. And in the New Testament, it says that there was never a place for Esau to come back and repent of this decision. He lived the rest of his life beneath the covenant lifestyle of blessing that he could have enjoyed because he didn't honor his birthright. How about you this morning? Are you aware of who you are in Jesus? Do you daily turn your eyes to both the cross and the resurrection listening and hearing those words again? It is finished. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. I've given to you everything that pertains to life and to godliness. For this purpose was the Son of God made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. The thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Are you being intimate with the Father, listening to that covenant language of what is already yours by birth? Or are you inclined towards the do-it-yourself religion of trying to patch and make something work and appealing to the arm of the flesh, going after your Ishmael? God says, I want you. I want your whole being. I want your whole heart. And that comes by spending time with the Father, not by pursuing your own ideas. This is so powerful. Let's go back to our text. 
Verse 10, Jacob left Beersheba and he went toward Haran and he came to a certain place and he stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and he lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, there was a ladder set on earth and the top of it reached into heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and he said, watch this, here's the blessing again, reiterated, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give it to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and the east and the north and the south, and in you all your offspring shall be blessed, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. Listen. Listen to that. I will not leave you till I have done what I have promised to you. You might feel like you're in a place where there is no hope. Where the promise of God for you at least hasn't been realized. Careful. That's the worst time because you're liable to go make a marriage with something out of the flesh. God says, wait on me. I will bring you again. I will not leave you until I have fulfilled what I've promised. You will see it happen in your life, he says. I love that. Verse 16, Jacob woke up from his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. And he was afraid and he said, how awesome is this place how awesome is the presence of the Lord how awesome is the presence of Jesus in his spirit especially compared to the flesh and my own thinking and my own way of doing things you know what I mean this is none other than the house of God this is the gate of heaven. Verse 18, so early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and he set it up for a pillar and he poured oil on the top of it and he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the city was Luz at first. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in the way that I go and he will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God and this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And all that you give me, of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. Living in the blessing requires a proximity to the word. You're either going to live by your own thoughts or you're going to live on the word. You're, you're either going to live off of other people's blessings or you're going to live because you know the word. It's always amazing to me when people come to me quoting an article or an author or a video or something they've heard or been in. But if you were to stop and ask them, well, do you know a scripture on that topic? 
they'd have no clue. Wouldn't know where to turn. Folks, you can't live on other people's blessings. I don't care who it is. What God's done for them is not necessarily your bread. That's not your marriage. That's not your covenant. You need to get alone and have proximity with the word for yourself. What is God saying to you through the word? Priorities and proximity will determine your harvest in 2018. Look at verse 11. Something very interesting here that I've just always read, I think like all of us have, and of course the various modern translations don't help it. Verse 11. And Jacob took of the stones from that place He took one of the stones that he found there at that place and he put it under his head and he fell asleep. Uh, Could you help me with this? I have a stone that I'd like to show you. Now, I don't know that this even comes close to the size of stone. That, that Jacob found and then put under his head. I imagine the average head could rest on this. But feel, feel the weight of this. So it might have been about this size, Rick. I, I don't know. But I want you to do something else. I, I, I want you to hit it with your fist. Doesn't that hurt? Dusty, you're a man's man. I want you to strike this rock. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Thank you. Now, can you imagine putting that under your head and sleeping peacefully, restfully? Someone said, no wonder he had a vision. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But then I did some research. The New English translation says he took one of the stones and he placed it near his head. Even our own precious King James translation, if you read the New King James translation, says this, he took one of the stones of that place and he put it at his head. Nowhere in the text does it actually say that he turned it into a pillow. That's just what the translators assumed, but it's not in the original language. Folks, I'm here to tell you something. I don't know what Jacob made a pillow out of that night, but back in those days, it was quite common for people who were not monotheists to believe that there was supernatural power in rocks. And when they would lay down at night, they would either take one and put it by their heads or surround them, their bodies with them. Jacob wasn't totally a God follower yet. It's clear in the text as we read on. He was still ferreting out what he believed about this Abrahamic covenant. And he took a rock and he set it down by his head but he didn't know that Jesus is called the rock. He he didn't know yet 
that Jesus would say to Peter, Peter, you are a rock, and on this rock I will build my church. Now, tie, tie the blessings together. What is the blessing of Abraham for? What is the threefold blessing of increase and multiplication and blessing for? That God might build a company. The word used there is congregation. When Jesus said to Peter, Peter, you are a rock, and upon this rock I will, he did, was not saying, Peter, on you, upon your life, I'm going to build my church. He was saying, Peter, based on the revelation of me you have had in the previous several verses, when I asked you, who am I? I'm going to build my church. Now put it all together, folks. Peter places this rock of Jesus, the promise of a coming congregation, so big the whole world would be blessed by his covenant with him. He put it by his head as he went to sleep and he went into a trance. He went into a vision. He had a dream. And what was that dream about? God and the angels coming up and down hosting the presence of God. And what was Jacob doing? Just resting. No do-it-yourself religion. No personal effort at righteousness. God said, just lay down and sleep. And I'm going to give you a revelation of me that will change the entire world and will bring the Abrahamic blessing upon all the families of the earth. I'm going to do it. I'll do it for you. Jesus said in John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will and it'll be done. Paul said, Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hebrews 4, 12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and to the discerning of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It's the precious word of God that tells us how God thinks, makes us aware of the blessing that God has planned for my life. You see, that's why I said, your proximity to the word is going to change the way you think. You have a choice to make. Who are you going to marry? You're going to marry God's spirit and God's word? Are you going to put the word? Even when you're sleeping, you know, sometimes we, we'll wake up 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, 1 o'clock in the morning, just laying there. How many of you ever had that happen? Just all of a sudden, you're, you're just awake. And then what happens with your mind? Don't, don't you, your mind just starts processing. One of three things or all three at once. People, programs, or plans, and problems. People, plans, and problems. So here's what I do to get back to sleep. I refuse. Thoughts, right now, you will not think about people, Nope, nope, and somebody will pop in my mind. Nope, oh, I need to call that, but nope. 
No people, no plans, no problems. Right now, I shut them down. You'll find all of your thoughts are in one of those three areas when you're awake at one in the morning trying to get back to sleep. But then, as my supercalifragilisticexpialidocious solution, I mean, when I'm just not getting it, you know, thoughts, people, problems. I'll take my iPhone. I'll get Creflo Dollar podcast. Stephen Furtick podcast. Joel Osteen podcast. Why those people? Because I want somebody that speaks the word. I don't want a bunch of doubt and unbelief. I don't want people telling me how it won't work. I want people telling me by the word of God how it will work. So I'll put on a half hour podcast and I'll stick that phone underneath my pillow and I'll lay my head on it. Nina can't hear it. And I fall back to sleep to it. Your priorities, who you marry, and your proximity to God's word will absolutely determine the blessing that you walk in. Now, I didn't say it will determine God's willingness to give you a blessing. You know there's a great deal of difference. God has already blessed you. You already have the Abrahamic blessing. In Christ, we read it, Paul said, you are blessed with faithful Abraham. All the blessings of Abraham are yours. Well, how come we're not walking in them? Because of our priorities and our proximity to the Word of God. Do you spend time in the Word? Do you meditate the word? Do you dream the word? Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it day and night, being careful to observe all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Verse 18 says that he took that stone and he set it up and he said this is going to be the house of God and then he poured oil on it why? because the letter alone killeth it is the spirit that gives life that's why when we come together as a congregation we spend time in both the word and the spirit Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, just give me the whole morning. You don't even need to preach. Some of you say, yeah, and that's always really good. That's a, that's a blessing. I love that when that happens. That's cool. <clears throat> Paul said in 1 Corinthians Chapter 2, these things God has revealed to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God, for who knows the person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. 
Now we have received not the spirit of the world, not the Ishmaels, not the do-it-yourself religion. He says, but the spirit who's from God, that we might understand the things that God has freely given to us. So we combine the word with the spirit and we hear for my own life, what are my next steps? What does God want me married to? Where does he want me spending my time? What business should I go into? What career goals should I set? What church should I attend? I'll tell you right now, if you're not in a church where they talk about both the Spirit and the Word, then you're not in the right church. <laughs> you, you might, there's lots of various churches around. And there's lots of life-giving churches who do both. They talk about the Word and they demonstrate the Spirit. But you need to get in one of them. Everyone under the sound of my voice. You need to be in a, in a Bethel that hosts, that believes in hosting the presence of God, both in Word and in Spirit. It's interesting as we close our text today and finish my time. Did you notice what the fruit of this Bethel experience was? Anybody? <laughs> Did you notice the fruit of the Bethel experience? The house of God hosting his presence. Bethel experience. Look at it, verse 22. Could we read it aloud, Jeff? Do we have it on the screen? Everybody, ready, read. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. How interesting that the fruit of hosting his presence was the tithe. Why? Because your tithe represents your worship. Your tithe represents your gratitude. How many of you are grateful for the presence? How many of you are grateful for his word? How many of you are grateful for the Abrahamic covenant? How many of you are grateful that Jesus set you free from the law and became a curse for you that you might become the righteousness? How many of you are grateful this morning? Could I see your hand? Well, do you realize that one of the ways you express that gratefulness is to tithe? Now, I'm not, do not raise your hand. How many of you are tithing? Yes, I love the house of God. I love his presence. I'm grateful for all Jesus has done. And what that produced in Joseph, Jacob's heart, excuse me, was, I just want to give God a tenth of everything I have. I want him to have a tenth. That was, that was just his, and oh, by the way, this, this exuberant expression of gratitude and worship that Jacob decided he was all of a sudden going to give a tenth to this God that he barely knew all happened before the law. Don't tell me tithing is under the law and we've been delivered from tithing as Christians. Don't tell me that. You might feel like you're delivered but then you fail in the greatest expression of worship and gratitude for your covenant blessings that Christ purchased. 
My tithe declares, I relinquish control, God. My tithe declares, God is my source and none other. My tithe honors God as present in this house right now. He's in this place. The reason people don't tithe is because they lack a revelation of God's goodness and presence. only three reasons that we don't tithe fear bitterness and stinginess fear because I'm afraid the money's leaving my life bitterness because it feels like a law of bondage to me and stinginess because I'm always comparing it to what I have left instead of what God has provided oh that's tweetable even ah (laughs) priorities and proximity will determine your harvest in 2018. What are you married to? Where are you spending your proximity? Is it with the word? Are you passionate about building God's company? Are you taking possession of all God has for you? Don, we-